and welcome to Dark Guidance. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. Arian, we've been ah. over this. You're lost. Am I lost? Okay, I did not know that. All right. We're very professional. I mean, that did work. It was in order. It was. Yep. I thought I said it before I heard you, well, but I guess lag has uh, guess, vindicated me. Yeah, lag in the internet, which is fair, to be fair. Our internet is currently run by Potato in this country, so here we are. Um, well, we do have some information. It has been a bit of time since we last podcasted. Not Getting organized is hard. Yeah, true. You know, this stupid real life shit. It's really annoying. Yeah, it it, it 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 is kind of an interesting marker of how much actually happens in between podcasts. Like we don't we don't podcast for a month and a half, but I'm looking at the list of like what's come out and Prepper Press is being quick as bunnies. Right? Yeah. they've got a lot to put out still, but they are being quick as bunnies for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's impressive for a company of like 50 people. Or five, or however many. <laughs> Last I count, it was fifty. I, I did a look because they um, got a couple of um, payroll uh, during COVID. They they they, they got like two payroll um, grants from the U.S. government. Yep. Okay. Well, that checks out. There you go, Arian, with the inside scoop there. In case I'm a anyone... journalist. Yeah, you are. Speaking of which, we have a news segment which Arian has decided to introduce for some reason, probably because, as he mentioned. A whole bunch of shit happens. So, yeah, we have yeah, a news segment. Got, Take it got, away, Arian. We've got news. You can edit in real news music, right? I am definitely not oh. doing that. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, a couple of things have, co- have come out since then. Um, the I think for, technically first, I don't remember if Legion uh, uh, Ravens of War was released in the last podcast or not. Uh, I ain't going to spend any time uh, on it because uh, every month a, a person gets torn about by a crocodile in North Queensland. Um, yeah, the... Nice um, reference there that basically... Everyone should all- understand that. Everyone knows who Bob Catter is, our greatest politician. Um, I, won't, I won't deny such claims. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice army, I guess. Uh, it doesn't have hellmouths, so I don't have to think about it so much. It's a functionally better army than uh, the Dragons one. We're pretty, Dragon's I'm pretty host. sure it, Dragon's host, I'm pretty sure, but again, no hellmouths, so... Yeah, I, I I don't have the uh, care factor as much. <laughs> also, I haven't been I haven't been brutalized like I have been by a fucking callous twenty two plus inch threat range. I'm literally running for the corner of the table and like warjacks are well out of control. Control range is a distant memory. Control range is like a twelve inch <laughs> zone of where I'm not allowing any models, including my own, to exist. <laughs> That's because we were lucky enough for the Orgoth box to arrive just in time to distract him from our Legion player from uh, playing Ravens. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely excellent. Speaking about being distracted, the other one is Secret Dominion, which was released in the same month, which is interesting. Uh, Actually, at the same time, I'm pretty sure. I think it was a couple weeks after, but it was like, like within two weeks, not the month. Um, essentially, I mean, it feels like the Privacy Press might be stepping up how much is being released, which, if I had to make a guess, like the idea that uh, may- maybe they've been kicked up the ass to just like make sure that everyone has the capacity to play something, because if you look through the social media, um, the the a, v- a big primary complaint is uh, people not having the ability to play models that they own. So yep. yeah, getting getting more of those armies out quick, uh, legacy armies out quick. Um, it, it's not going to be everything. I still think. I, I do think a lot of that is more, more psychic damage than real, in a way. I don't know. It might just be because I, I own a lot of the factions that I own, so it doesn't seem to affect me because I've got, like, 
I've always got something to play. But like if you got into like Cardor and only played Winter Guard, like you have to buy stuff to play, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway. There's also, by the way, one thing you've forgotten here is actually all the battle engines came out. I'm not really gonna go through them big, but uh. they're uh they're actually nice to have again and a lot of them like they're actually quite a lot cheaper or they uh I wouldn't say they're as strong as they used to be. They're definitely not like, you know, crap. <laughs> in I, a lot of cases i think the main issue for some of them is that they lack the casters that really worked with them in the past yeah. but a lot of the battle engines still quite functional again i'm not going to go too much into that I, like I mean they reversed the changes on the trident and they put it back with assyria so i think it seems fine yeah some of them are definitely like that others are just like uh the the, the man of war chariots i'm oh. like well you don't have the casters that buff the shooting so good luck with that <laughs> I um uh, I I I think as standard, none of the end of Mark III changes are uh, considered. Essentially, like if they're non, they're not. If canon. they come, if they come, if they, if they're, they're non-canon, they're, 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 yes. they're, they are a non-canon change. They're all of the Star Wars books. They 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 were rendered non-canon. I'm I have some theories as to why. Probably not worth like wildly speculating uh, while we are doing journalism, but. Yeah, I have some theories as to why why that may be the case, but it's it it, it definitely is is the thing that um, stalkers becoming plus one power probably was like more of a coincidence than a nod to those rules, you know? Like yeah, uh, but yeah, Secret Dominion got released. Uh, Secret Dominion is fucking massive uh, as an army. It's it is kind of insane how if you if you exclude character beasts and war, warlocks. There is exactly one model in the entirety of Circle that's not in Prime. Wait, two. Which? Sorry, two models that are not in Prime. Which ones? Oh, don't want, don't want to take a stab at it. Uh, you know what? I am gonna. No, wait. I reckon it's Century Stones. No, Century Stones actually, no. Are... Century Stones are here. Oh shit. Um. They're both solos. They were both... solos, and they are, and they would be solos. Okay. God, Circle has so many dipshit solos, though. Fuck. Um, <laughs> they really do. Is it, I, I, is I it Kogan? Uh, no, no, Kogan, Kogan is in. Kogan's in. <laughs> it's okay. He's bad, but he's in. Yeah. Uh, is, it the, is, it the little, is it the little screaming goblin ding, ding, boy? Ding, 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 Brian's got one of them. Yeah. He's got shivers. Uh, the other one is Una. That's that. Uh, Una, right. Yeah. Oh, no Una one. No, no Una one. Um, yeah, but... No uh, Una at all. Uh, yeah, uh, Una is outer. Um, the... She finally got the nerf she deserved, being <laughs> unplayable, legitimately unplayable. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it is it is insane that these two armies represents like ninety nine percent of Circle. Like, if I'm playing Circle Unlimited, it's probably because I'm picking a caster that I like and using all of the Circle like character war beasts that I can't use. Because Una two is going to be broken again. Hmm. There you have it. Um, I mean, maybe we'll we'll see. Hopefully, the Storm Raptor's good. Gotta um, play your burbs. <laughs> I don't own the bird. I don't own either of the colossus. Well, that's a mistake on your part. <laughs> instead, I own two celestial fulcrums. They have there's two there's tiny birds, Arian. There, I do own two tiny birds. Um, that's not they, enough birds to play. No, that means one can flank off the other. It's fine. Um, yeah, you're yeah. definitely a low tier Uno player. Like two <laughs> birds, get that shit out of here. One All cup. right. We're um, going to move on from Secret Dominion's really, so many, Secret so Dominion is really, really, really good. I'm trying to move us on, Arian. You don't I, need to tell us about how good Secret Dominion is. Right. <laughs> All right. We can move on to Dusk. Mark IV, Mark IV stuff, the Dusk rules got released. I really like Dusk. Dusk is right up there with one of the factions I'm considering playing. 
Yeah, they're very played, interesting. You definitely you played Dusk, uh, Brian. Tell us your experiences. We now I've cut live to two, Brian. I've, play, <laughs> I've played two games, one with Tyrus and one with Hatheroth. Um, they're both incredibly like different casters, which is great. You got a really strong battle group caster, a really good uh, infantry caster. I was playing a bit of a um, mixed bag with both of them just to try and get a feel of what all the different models do. Uh, the cats are fucking, like the Manticore riders are like fucking fantastic. Uh, the, yeah, the, the Jacks are interesting. The, the Jacks are pretty interesting. I hadn't, didn't, wasn't able to really like leverage the Ghast, but with the Eidolans with uh, Hazaroth were like incredible, especially considering they can fly. And I think they go like 15 inches with between Mirage and uh, Escort. Escort, that's it. Thank you. The, the uh, jacks are the things that I like the least about Dusk. Uh, I don't disagree, but if you're playing Hazaroth, you're playing jacks. Hell yeah. Yeah. The Gus, the like, uh, you, it's really easy to look at the Gus and go like, oh, what? This thing's got a big decap weapon? And you like, you, you can put power field on it? And you start, like, packing on all these things with the idea that you're, like, going to trade up with a really hard-hitting light. And by the time you actually get all that stuff on it, it uh, it is expensive as the heavies it's planning on killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but more just, if, but, just but a it's, gun, it's a lot of extra effort when yeah, you can just take an Eidolon. Cheap guys just don't look very good. The Eidolon is all the, the, the value, and you're like, okay, okay, so this thing is speed 6, it's def 12, it's armor 19 with a shield, which has repel on it, just base. Uh, it can fly, it's got a power 18 uh, in a faction which has like, uh, ve- ve- if you're using Hazroth, it's like, oh, it's a power 20. Oh, it's stealth. Oh, it's also speed 8, actually. Oh, it can have Mirage. Oh, it's got, like, a gun and two melees? That's amazing. But then, like, the, the War Machine brain notices Matt 7 and immediately moves it, sorry, Matt 6, and moves it into the trash pile. <laughs> but it's, it's not trash. It's, it's just, honestly, you can so do, good. Except you that. can honestly slingshot it, mm. and that's really useful, and it means people have to play around it. But really, the better way to play that model, I find, is to have it advance as far up as that as you want it to be, which I think on this stupid model is like 10 inches, so it threatens 12, just walking. And then you just use your two initials, and then you boost the gunshot, because then the rest of your attacks automatically hit. Yeah. And you yeah. also have the ability to, like, what a, now that we, in addition to the Dusk, like, extra cast and all that obviously like the solos came out and one of them is like the mechanic like this makes sense because the mechanic kind of sidesteps the mat six issue a bit because he gives you the ability to get a re-roll on demand whichever one you want or shadow bind uh okay but the shadow binds are rat six so it's the same like starting place every time i make a list with dusk fitting this guy in is a huge ass no, I try I could... and take one at a time, and the rerolls also a bit harder to use. I've noticed because it's a one-inch range, so he yeah, has to be really fair. close to get it off. You couldn't get it on a split battle group. It had to be like you'd have to basically uh, have everything clumped together. He's or... also your repair guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a busy dude. He does a lot of shit. <laughs> he does do a lot of shit, but he is a four-point solo who needs to be close to stuff. And yeah, it's. There's a lot of stuff in Dusk, which I feel like is a is often an instant take, um, and it's you run out of points pretty quick, especially since the Eidolons kind of the Eidolons don't seem to be very good unless they're 16 points and up, and the guys end up being I, quite expensive as well if you're taking them. So like if you're playing 100 points, often a good 40% of your list is immediately gone straight into the jacks, and once you've got jack support and stuff, it just all eats up really quickly. 
the the jack options outside like the really obvious takes are really not that compelling mm-hmm. and they're all the expensive takes which is understandable but at the same time like you look at some jacks and some builds for other factions and they have some really like a, effective cheap options oh yeah like for, so, looking at fucking card or and you're oh, looking yes. like the Great Bear, and literally every weapon is value, right? And you can build an incredible 12 point. You can build an incredible, like, 18 point. It's 13 it, points is the minimum. 13's for the minimum, okay. but that 13 minimum one is real good, yeah. right? It has, like, the best gun and a very serviceable melee weapon, and you can just go up from there. Your cheap, you uh, cheap Eidolon is goes... I will say one thing about the cheap the, the, the cheap Eidolon is that he has... um. You can you can take what is it four five six seven eight nine twelve vortex cannon a power fifteen null blade with crit spell a power seventeen null blade with crit spell and flight that's not bad but it's the not of, bad but it's it, but for it, a few points more you get some really like attractive options yeah like the shield or the dawn blade or even the dusk blade if you want to just go full assassin with the thing because if you get onto something that has yeah that's yeah. the one. Which steals that fear, fear and focus. That, yeah, that is, thing is uh, scary. That, that is, is awful for uh, war beasts. Yes. That is a bad. Yeah, time. it will kill war beasts. <laughs> yeah, and like at least it's only power sixteen. Sixteen. Yep. And so it's eighteen with um with uh, Hazaroth, and you've got very easy access to Dissus for Kiss, and yeah, like they, these guys hit so fucking hard. And we haven't even mentioned my favorite part of the faction. The thing which, like, I've always loved it when you can profit off the deaths of your own troops. That's like one, just one of my favorite mechanics. And oh, the you've void. Got, and the you've void got the, engine. the soulless guardians who are a, who are a two attack, like six point shield guard small base unit. So it's really good in a world where like boost boostable gunshots is kind of king right now, right? Because because focus is so cheap. It's really easy to just build these monster monster jack lines, which can just uh, boost a lot of gunshots out. Uh, so having a group of shield guards really helps um, survive a good portion of that. And then when they die, the void engine, who is seven points and incredible, turns them into these Makes incorporeal solos. Yeah, and so like, and the void engine also just has a really great gun on it as well. So like, there's just this beautiful like a unit which you can use for defense, which when it dies, then gets turned into an offensive uh, incorporeal solo that can kill stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Void Engine is just kind of just a little bit too hard to kill to really be worth going in on, but its gun is also incredible. Yet the Void Engine... Well, it's the way I, it just creates fury and fo- or focus or whatever from mechanic spells. they want to use I mean, is we, just we based off anyone casting spells, which is like every... like caster and solo and some of the units in the I mean, entire army it's it's the fucking the, the guy empowers a spell mm-hmm. i know it, it, it and you get you can have up to three tokens so you can go do a thing use go down to zero and then have somebody walk up cast three spells and it's back to full so when the next when the your opponent's turn starts you immediately can make three solos when they kill some solace dudes yeah, uh, the Dreadguard Cavalry is incredible because Battle Lust plus cav- two attack cavalry is amazing. Uh, the Dreadguard Slayers, I think that they are going to ha- run into medium base problems, although uh, I have said before that one day you will Battle Lust this unit, you will charge in, you will hit a crit decap, and you will come instantly. <laughs> uh, it, You'll it, get it, feelings it, of power, yes. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it's kind of it's kind of similar stick to the pikemen. Like the pikemen have very much the same thing. The difference yeah. is that the pikemen's crit is probably better in a lot of cases because it's Ooh. guaranteed more damage. 
Power 15 crit AP versus cap, power 15 crit decap with battle lust. Yeah, as I said, it's like, it is more guaranteed damage. Like, I mean, that's an immediate, and don't get me wrong, right? There's going to be a time when you're going to have two of these boys crit a colossal, and the colossal is just dead. It's oh, you're gone. just saying that, like, you can roll triple ones, ones on damage and still do damage. Yeah, exactly. Because sure. you're okay. doing, like, yeah, even if you just roll a bit of under, you're still doing, like, crit plus 10 damage, right? Like, that's, sure. a, that's a thing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I like it when the medium bases are, like, offensive, a little bit tough, but cheap, and seven points is a really nice place for that sort of thing. Uh, that's where that's where a lot of the other medium base um, uh, melee stuff went wrong, is ending up being too too damn expensive. Mm. Um, so they just don't trade up at all. And it's I, I love the random... Like, I... I don't like crit effects in general, but like the fact that they're smattered around while being impactful, I actually quite like that. It, it, I, it has turned me into a little more of a believer in that it's they they when they do happen, they feel impactful and they're kind of everywhere, but they rarely have crits on the boostable stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like if you just gave I don't know a blasting pike to a warjack, fuck a like a direwolf or even a great bear, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. <sighs> at some point you're just going to crit and you're going to two for one my heavies like you're going to get into two heavies and kill both of them because the crits are just going to come in right like it'll happen it's also on not cheap stuff like it's not like you're seeing solar skies with crit armor pierce or crit decap which would be a bit nutty so yeah it yeah, means it does mean that they, storm guards crit crit disruption still baffles me i mean you know just just insult to injury yeah, and also that, to rub that, it in just how like how much more effective signal mechanics can be <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the the dusk dusk stuff i like i don't know if they're better than the signal infantry but they're really fucking good especially with a void engine that fucking void daddy engine is just dope yeah well, um, like, if you're talking about single wound infantry, right, and most infantry in general, but single wounders especially because they're the ones who die to every attack and in some cases multiple you either need a method to deliver them which is like you've got um, Tyrus who's really good at that. Uh, they have to have to hit hard on their own, but you also need to have a method to deliver them or a method to profit off their death. Yep. And Stormguard and Stormblades have the method of delivery through Ants and Wolf and also having just good stats, on, reasonable stat access on their own. And desperate Wolf's, pace and yeah, good, yeah. like. Yeah, but Wolf's feat is really the delivery thing there. It's like... Uh, it, it is a time walk in most most cases, which is why, why almost all of his infantry can get there. And Dusk do the opposite by profiting off the deaths of these dumb soulless guys, which I really like. I think it, it, it's really good. Dusk, to me, feels like the first Mark IV like, actual infantry faction, where they are much more infantry-focused than the others. Other, other factions can play infantry, but they are definitely beholden to their jacks a lot more. I would disagree i think signar also filled that niche but i think dusk do infantry different and kind of in some way i like the i like the internal balance you have between taking soulless guys and taking your vampire elves mm. and because you you want you want some soulless but not so many because the vampire guys are really cool but you also don't want all vampires because you, you kind of want some soulless trash and mm. yeah it's an interesting one and you probably leads to some flexibility like 
I think all of the... Well, also, the Void uh, Engine only works on solar stuff. Exactly, right? And then the Void Engine's such a big draw card that you probably don't need a crazy amount. Also, just one other note is that Dusk have, like, weirdly high mats for all of their infantry. Like, I was thinking these solar skies were going to be, like, mat 5 across the board. The only guys who are mat 5 are the fucking ranged unit, which is, like, rat 6 as well. And they've got arcane precision, sea rat, and... They have access to the guy who gives them an extra rat and a free sp- and a spell cast, so you know you've also got that. Which like, gives them stealth. I don't really like the hunters or blade masters all that much. I I can see it, but I mean I think the guardians all, are better all, as all well. guardians all the way. Yeah, I think the the blade masters. I kind of like their idea because they're probably like they're just the easiest unit to put battle lust on that isn't the cavalry, and they're kind of cheap. Like I guess, and, okay, I guess. Okay. two 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 things. One is I've actually played with them. Um, don't ambush them. It's bad. Look, just, don't just don't ambush. Just any don't order. do it. Ambush, ambush is such a dead rule. I don't know why Privacy Press has lumped all of these restrictions on it, but it is such a trash rule. I think it is because if you ambush, like the ability to get weird places, and that probably means that you're literally not safe anywhere from anything with like. Think about it, if these guys had ambush and they still got all their actions, you could ambush them, have one of those like sires go over, put battle lost on it through an arc node. You I mean, couldn't hide I from threw. anywhere because it would charge they'll charge thirteen, so they'll charge sixteen from the board edge, and then they place two again, right? And that's you've a just, melee unit. You've just uh, articulated a what is it? A three focus eight points of support on top of a five man unit who are charging it. Oh. Four points, but yeah, sure. <laughs> no, they're fine. They're, they're, they are six, and you've, you've, you just said that there was an arc node involved as well as the Death for Pace guy. Like, it's, you can cast sure spells I, on them. Oh, really? really? Can you? They're spell warded. What? Okay. <laughs> I think that's good. Saved me from my own bad plans. All right. Do you know what? So, do you know what? So they're spell uh, no, warded? So you know what? Guess what? Blade Masters, you're definitely back in the trash. Like, in fact, we're going to see a separate trash bin for you. All right, so forget everything I just said. Just put on Guardians. and good. Yep. Turns out Guardians <laughs> have two melee attacks, and so Battle Lust is doubly good on them. Exactly. Like, it's fine. It, it, it's, it, it's perfectly fine. If your opponent doesn't bring the guns for your Guardians to actually get shield uh, uh, shield guard value, you can just late game Battle Lust them, and they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll do good. They'll do some damage. Yeah. Um, in the end, Dusk, I really like Dusk. Um, I think I, I don't know. They, they, I feel like they they're, they're in that weird position where I don't think they're as strong as Signar is, who I think is in the top of the game. Um, but I also think they actually have a very good game versus Signar because their ability to just um, shield guard their way out of problems. So that gives or them a pretty good caster spot. with mass stealth. Yeah, caster yeah. with mass stealth, or uh, and or a fuck ton of shield, of shield guards that turn into in court models. Look, honestly, to me, Dusk very much resembles, like, a different flavor of Crix, but they have a similar game plan. Like, they're infantry-focused, but their jacks aren't garbage. Yeah. They have a lot of debuffs, and they hit super hard, again, like Crix, but it's not all to the exception that they're, um, they have, like, paper-thin shit. Like, they're actually quite good into shooting um, yeah. for, a du- for a number of different mechanisms. The stealth, for one, is actually quite a big deal. Like, you can put stealth on a lot of things in Dusk. They have also then, remember that whole thing we did about, like, you know, attachments now get uh, caster bonuses, right, for battle group is, like, yeah. this, that their <laughs> fucking attachment just gets with, like, uh, what's-his-face, Mr. Hazaroth, just gets stealth and Dark Shroud, just in case you needed another source of Dark Shroud for some reason. And because <laughs> you can just stealth, walk up and cast a spell, like... And, and uh, still be in corp. Kiss. 
Yeah. Yeah, she can cast Kiss and also be Dark Shroud and also um, with Hazaroth, uh, when she, if, if they have the ability to kill her through that, uh, he just says, spends a focus and says no. Yeah, that yeah, sure no. did happen. That's it's <laughs> extremely funny. Um, yeah. uh, spooky era, sorry, spooky Ayana is extremely funny. Yeah, she's good. she's real good. Not and and at the end of the day, Tyrus, one of the nicest models they've released. This oh, was the oh, model, by the way, that I'm that uh was shown at WTC. And fuck me, is that like yeah? This was like um one of those like sneak trailer previews. Uh, you didn't dumb. share it with us until now. I honestly never saw it. I uh, was <laughs> too busy getting drunk. You've, been, you've won three WTCs and, and and you managed to Mr. Magoo your way out of seeing any of this? Come on. Yeah. What part of I was getting drunk did you <laughs> misunderstand? <laughs> Speaking right. of WTC, quickly, Chris, have you have your has your team chosen your like uh, model yet? Uh, we have. Yes. Uh, oh, cool. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm not sure how much we like are able to talk. Also, I don't know if they'll change the concept, but they did love the idea we put forward. So we'll okay. see what happens. Okay, cool. can, I, can, I, can I quickly well, uh, just ask the one one question? Um, sure. Uh, is it a model that we know exists yet? Look, it, I'll, I'll be blunt. The model we picked as the baseline is the Orgoth Banabera. Huh. Interesting. And interesting choice. Yeah, well, it worked with the the kind of thing we were going for, and it seemed better. Like when you think about it, Australia honestly, did invade another continent as well. Well, you know, we're also like <laughs> crazy <laughs> barbarian people. <laughs> no, we, we've invaded Europe multiple times. Thank you very much. Um, realistically, also, it's like Signal has like connotations to stuff that isn't really Australian, and Kador is completely out. And at the time, Dusk wasn't really released, and they yeah. don't like. No, I was actually, honestly, we kind of dallied around with it. I know for my part, I really, really, really wanted the trolls to be released. Even just like <laughs> pictures and concepts. And we go like, because some of those like, and we're going to get into this because Brian Bloods look fucking dope. But I just wanted some of them. Like I saw the, like, what was it? The, what was it? Lady Boomhowler, Admiral yeah. Boomhowler. And she's Admiral got a fucking blue, blue ring octopus. And then today we saw like Captain Fire, what's his face? I think Firequill. Firebeard. Firequill. Firequill. Firequill has a fucking starfish with a gun. <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> I'm like, see, right. that would be perfect because like any one of those could be substituted for various Australian animals or not. It turns okay. out Blue Ring Octopuses was your team, Brian, and yes, it would have been better. Sure Let us hop on, hop on this segue and take it as far as its battery will take it. Brian Bloods. Uh, they officially, like, they've been show, dripping stuff about Brian Bloods for a bit now, but they officially announced that they're coming. That's the first Warlock-led um, army that they've got in the works. It's still interesting that um, factions can now have different, can have, like, Warlock armies and non-Warlock armies. Like, there might be the the troll bloods could have a warcaster group in future which is cool well currently fluff wise they can't but that does i think the next the faction we have seen spoiled like the night one coming after brine bloods does insinuate that might be the case i personally like we 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 have a pretty good indication that there's an army of ombre coming out for cardor at some point yep and i i'm i personally have a bit i'm I'm putting at like 20 percent right now that it might be a warlock army Maybe. Could be. One, Could one be. of them just like has giant bats. No, one of them has like war bears yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, then you can finally get that Kato army with bears that you've always wanted. Yeah. I, I don't know. You already I, have I an army with bears. They're great bears. Wait, wait. Which great bears are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, Kolsk and the other two, or are we talking about the New Jack? 
They've been replaced, Arian, and you yeah. know that's true. We have upgraded the Great Bears to a slightly larger version. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. a more mass-producible version, but yeah. Still does very much as very like the same thing. Whatever you charge with it damage. usually just gets fucked up, so there you go. <laughs> Some things really never change. <laughs> um, fuck, I remember when I just started the game and I, I was looking at battle reports and there was a guy a, a, a guy with a German accent who had um, the, the, the Great Pandas um <laughs> he had panda heads on him i thought it was great oh, nice. uh, but yeah uh brian bloods uh they so far we know we know the three warcasters so they're warlocks we've got um uh, admiral boomhaller who has an octopus on her hat we've got uh, captain firequill who has a starfish with a gun and we've got another unknown unnamed guy who for, for those who uh who don't captain like, fire tongue no captain shadow tongue or something like that oh, is it, i don't even know if he had a name he has a vulture uh he yeah. looks undeady um yeah if you're in if you're into living pirates like a little it feels to me like Crix has kind of been split up a little bit now this is basically like old school human pirates with troll flavor and i like it reminds me a lot more of talion charter but it does but, it I, kind of you got your, the, but he, 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 he exudes a rengrave vibe yeah kind of yeah that guy definitely um, I don't know. The rest of the faction, though, is definitely way more Italian charter trolls. 100%. It fits really good. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely does, does seem like that. Italian charter, charter but bigger. The um, the, the, the so far the, the the war beasts that we got sound really cool. It has a fucking hammerhead shark as a weapon, uh, which is incredible. The 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 um, the light has different types of grog for um, different animi, I believe. The method that they're doing the like the base box is really interesting. So they've got maraud- uh, Brian Blood Marauders, which is like the basic unit. Uh, it's a five-man squad. We don't know whether it's multi-wound or not. Um, and there's three different attachments that you can give to them, and they alter the way that the u- unit functions. Mm. I personally have just immediately Sorry, this- Oh yeah. Have we seen a five-man unit that has multiple wounds yet? No. So I don't think this is where they'll start, honestly. Yeah, you never know. It's trolls, right? They, they're, 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 there's a there's a world that you could do it. I don't know. Anyway, um, smart money is definitely on them just being a single wound unit, and with three different attachments, I think there's like a pretty easy sort of call of there's probably going to be a melee variant, a gun variant, and then like a utility variant. Yeah, if I were to be a betting man, I'd say comfortable money is on whatever the quartermaster guy is. He's probably the shooting guy, and then there's the one the guy the, the, the doctor, the bosun, the guy handing out pistols. No, the bosun is the one with, like, the anchor, right? Anyway, there's, like, the surgeon, no so he's going to make them super obnoxious because they're going to have, like, super no, duper the tough... Sur- the surgeon is the carpenter. It's the carpenter surgeon who has a... Uh, oh, he a, might be a, a solo. He is a solo. Uh, they, All right, we're, we're just talking about... Who's got a, he's got a swordfish or a sawfish? Yeah, yeah a sawfish. Sword. Sword. Uh, it was <laughs> actually released the, today... Um, ignore my tapping, um, but yeah, the, it was released today. A little, a, a very small snippet of information of clarification about what is in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box today? Um, so we've got Captain Firequill, two customizable war base each with a selection of weapons, animus options, and upgrades. Two full Marauder crew units, three unit attachments, a pygmy boarding party, a galley crew support unit, and a surgeon. And the surgeon is definitely the the, the carpenter, which I love. I personally, there's a little part of me because there's the the Marauder crew unit is the five man unit, and the pygmy boarding is the boarding party is the three man unit. Let the pigs be the multi wound one, please. <laughs> please let the pygmies be the tough multi wounders, and uh, the big trolls are just the single wounders. It would delight me. 
it would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, Galley not... crew, there's, there's a little part of it that says it might be a corpse. Um, uh, it might be a, a, a corpse mechanic of some sort because they're supporting. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, it might be your Warby support. And I'd be curious to see what flavor the Warby support takes. For, yeah, um... empower is not like conditions, not empower. Yeah, exactly. It just isn't. Uh, it just does not actually do this level of support. I've had, I've got druids with condition. They've got a lot of really cool stuff, and I will never fit the four points for those druids because condition just is not worth it, as opposed to empower. Um, so either they're going to be relegated to something like that, or they're going to do something spicy. Uh, and I hope Brian Two Press recognizes spiciness. Mm. Um, yeah, I really like Brian Blood. They are oozing character. They're oozing character in a way. Uh, they they have gone in a little bit in the goofy direction. I don't think it's um like a. I don't think it's Trolls like. Has always gone it always, that direction. It always has gone that direction. That's always been a flavor in the background, especially in the pigs. But even in some of the other stuff, they always just sometimes have a little more goofy and the personality whelps, than and other there's factions. A, there's a little bit. Yeah, and the like, well. Essentially, I think if you if you think about like the previous trolls, ignore rider quests and all that shit like that. A troll using a hammerhead shark as a weapon is kind of pushing the frontier, maybe a little bit, maybe a little. I Not mean, if you look at most of the weapons that they've shown for the heavy, they, there's a lot of seafood that it's using as meal yeah weapons. snapping totems i think there's yeah. a i think there's a there's a squid i'm looking, at, I'm looking uh, at there's an entire net full of fish yeah. <laughs> i believe I'm those are a troll heavy wielding a boat anchor and a squid <laughs> and there's yeah, or, yeah there's just I, so many options I think and there's cool. only so many they can actually carry on a boat so i guess i think it's cool the flavor it, there maybe maybe like 10 years previous i would have thought it would be over the top uh, I've grown too old, to, uh, too old to be annoyed at uh, something being a little goofy. Um, Again, trolls have always had that flavor. Yeah, it's not new. And mm. yeah, Firequill with the starfish looks fucking rad. I love it. Um, all uh, and Boomhauer looks really nice. Don't know the first thing about her, but just her her concept art was very cool. The octopus on her hat just sort of sits really nicely. I really want to see that model. And again, like they've knocked it out of the park as well with the with the models. They're really nice looking. All of the uh, ten different uh, Marauder Infantry guys, they're all different um, models. That's great. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got good uh, representation, female models, male models, which is something which I is harder to notice in the previous ones, but still there. Very good prompt for us. I like it. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's yeah. the end of journalism section. Well, they also release defenses, but I think we can talk about that a little later because it actually relates to our primary topic. Yes. So, <clears throat> reason we did this podcast, apart from to like uh, clearly rag on a bit about like how much we love hammerhead sharks being used as bludgeoning tools, um, <laughs> is basically we're doing this cast about going second because it's something I've definitely noticed in a lot of my games is just like. Because of the increased speed of a lot of things, heavies generally have longer threat ranges. Infantry by themselves just have huge threat ranges now because of the hypothetical ways they can go due to their movement rules. Because of all of this, how do you play going second when you get fucked yeah, and nobody you fail like, the nobody primary dice roll of like trying to go first? And there's a lot of the... It isn't just, frankly, the new casters. A lot of the old casters still do the same shit they used to do, but even harder now. Wormwood, for instance, comes to mind. Um, but like definitely, say, things like Anson, um, 
Katarina, honestly, with how she can sometimes work and just fucking shut you down. If we're going for an old caster that isn't going to cause Arian's ire, uh, Magnus. Magnus is real good at that shit. Because he can feed and run. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's not actually... I, I think the threat ranges aren't actually all that different than they used to be, but the amount of... Um, boosted efficiency like boosted guns and uh, boosted short range guns and stuff or just um when a unit gets in the entire unit gets in um yeah. i think that is what it is it's not necessarily a higher top threat range but the what is in that threat range is far more efficient than it used to be and so the the, the capacity of somebody to go first and just go here is my army here is my threat range, and that threat range will cover the the, the center zones. Uh, walk in and get alpha twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do? So it's... the first thing to recognize is that, yes, this exists. You must be prepared for it. You do have some advantages going second, but this is like the game has gotten faster and more lethal. Because the other thing that because there's a couple of problems here. First thing, obviously, there's the immediate threat of scenario and because we're still using the old pack, uh, the old pack honestly still does the thing. It promotes you going fast, but it means that it had a, like, it always, scenario is always going to usually favor going first with some big exceptions on certain scenarios, bunkers, for instance. But you'd also have to have an army capable of exploiting that. And there, there's there's a little thing I want to point out as well is that there's a there's a inverse difference here uh, between 75 point games and 100 point games as well, where 75 point games, which is what a lot of people are still playing, they have not uh, reached our saintly level, um, but the, the 75 point games, the, one of the biggest things is that losing a heavy without the ability to retaliate is like what 25 percent of your list. Yeah, it's pretty backbreaking. It's really bad. But on the other hand, they often don't have enough units and solos running around to actually capture everything in one go. And while also having stuff in the backgrounds to actually like capture again. Right. So 75, the the actual the threat of attrition is harsher than it is in a hundred. But the actual ability to win on scenario is a little bit easier unless they've um compromised on a few things. While at a hundred uh, losing a heavy is much much more lenient. It's like 15% of your list, if not less. But uh, your opponent is going to have a lot more random solos and units usually, unless they have absolutely stacked their list to win every single scenario piece on the table, possibly twice. Mm-hmm. There is... <clears throat> Honestly, Dusk has been the only faction so far with the easy ability to create cheap capping or uh contesting models if you're talking about mark four only yeah circle yeah, does mark four as well um, uh yeah sorry you're right actually circle is another big one but grim grimkin does it really well yes these are tools actually good tools and they can be used for going first as well as going second yeah i forgot actually that madcaps are very good for that <laughs> it's actually one of their big strengths yeah madcaps are so fucking good the, anyway, yeah the 80 mil models the ADML models being solos actually does a lot for those models being able yeah. to sit back a little bit and score early and hard to remove from a distance. And then once they're ready to commit, they can move forward. But if they really want to be like, if you want something that can sit on a flag safely, uh, they're a really good option really early without having to put like a, a flimsy support piece or a combat solo. Or you can have something that actually has some heft. Yeah, you have yeah. something with some heft that they have to really dedicate to remove. Uh, which I think is really interesting. So, like, I can mm. put, like, the Void engine 
on like a on a flag and just sit back and shoot and with the like the repo card it can even threaten a little farther out than you'd expect so it's pretty interesting that now like the, especially with these prime factions they have like battle engine-esque uh solos that can be used to play a more of a scenario game yeah on those flags which is usually relegated to easy to remove solos i didn't play much at the time but i do think that they have um that the Battle engines and the 80 mils are actually a bit of a, they're much more different to each other than they could be. The 80 mil solos really remind me of Archons in a lot of ways. They're sure. not wrong, actually. And yeah. they actually could do that, at the, and they are, and that's what Archons did too. Yeah, Archons, yeah. they, Archons they, 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 they seemed do. like they were great flag holders, but they also, like, the ranged ones were really good for that, just being able to sit on a flag and just plink, 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 plink with some oh, God, yeah, like a fucking. A fucking Thamorite Archon sitting on a flag, and you know you're going to have to get him eventually, otherwise he's going to kill everything. Or a Defiled Archon who walks in, does some ninja teleports after killing a bunch of your guys, and then ends up on a flag. So, while you're also down, I'm going to kick you in the nuts by scoring an extra control point. Yeah, so that is just a mental thing that I've I've been thinking about for a bit. The 80 mils really remind me of Archons, and I like them a lot more than the idea of Archons, personally. It's a little bit like I like the 80 mils a lot more than... Uh, sorry, I like the I like battle engines a lot more than colossals. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 threat of being sumo pushed out of the game turn two. It's real. It's always existed. Um, the second, there's actually an extra point here, right? So in addition to the obvious scenario threat, there's the slightly less obvious but still pretty obvious, honestly, threat of like cool. You can blow a lot of your resources to deal with the jam, right? You then have to contend with the possibility of getting just fucking murdered the next turn because yeah. while you're spending all of that effort on your, like, uh, focus on your caster to do work, you might just get randomly like, okay, you're dead now because you're exposed, you're low on focus, and you dealt with my front line, but my back line, especially if it's gun line stuff, will take you down. Yeah. <clears throat> Examples of this, honestly, like, Anson Dust is probably. I think we should focus on him because I think he is probably the number one meta contender slash one. To be that... honest, I think both signal casters do. I th- if you want, we could actually focus on both of them because they both do it in this in similar but different ways. I want to focus on Anson specifically. I I mean, to be fair, like Athena does similar things to what other casters do, but yeah. The way that um, Athena do- the way that Athena does is that she sets up her line and says that if you walk into this, like she can just set up the line to be far enough to be over the over the table and go. If you walk into this, you die. Yeah. And that isn't even necessarily just a uh, a melee threat range thing. That is simply an efficiency question. And that reminds me a little bit of like what were those sorts of casters in the back in the day? People like the thing is that most of the time they weren't actually the best casters. Things like Kane one. For instance, had a very similar effect, like or Kane two, Kane, Kane two. two, yeah, Kane, Kane two definitely when when he was when he was around. Like there was a lot of casters who were just like, if you walk into my threat range, you are fucking dead. That's the Kara Sloan problem, actually, is mm. what it was. Um, and she has a huge threat range, so it just makes it really hard for you to actually play the game because you are paying the tax of losing about thirty percent of your list before the game starts. And you have to, and you can't just keep out of threat range and play slow because if you try to play slow, she will just win on scenario. Yep. Um, Anson does this very much as well, uh, but Anson says that you can't be offensive into me as well. He doesn't need yeah. to use threat range. He can actually push quite far up and go like and pop his feet and go. Every time you kill any of my infantry models, one of my jacks is moving two inches and killing something. 
It's not any infantry. This is actually Sorry, you're right. It's yeah. anything. That includes his own heavies. And, like, I did, I played a game against Anson where I had a pretty good assassination lined up, except for one slight problem. I'd have to charge a storm guard. And... Oh, dear. Yeah, no, game's over. It's, it's well, over. no, that's the problem. Is like, I'd have to charge a storm guard because Anson was hiding behind a forest, so I couldn't see him. Uh, which is the issue because when you do that, it's like, oh, I killed a guy. So Anson's just going to piss off and walk two inches and I can't get base to base with him to still hit him with a fucking like battle mace. Ah, uh, see, the storm guard was helping you by having set defense. Yeah, I'd try that, except I really, no, no, I didn't try the assassination because I'm like, am I really going to go with an assassination where I've already put an accuracy boost because I need one for to hit Anson because he's 16, 16 because he's a fucking dickhead, <laughs> right? Are I really going to bank on missing a nine on like signs of importance, which is like a coin flip, right? Again, okay. do I want a coin flip? I'm like, no, no thank you. Because I can't really trample and get there because I get there with what, two attacks? Yeah. yeah, that that seems even worse. Um, so yeah, Anson is probably like Anson has been, I'd say, in the game of War Machine, has been one of the best scenario turbo jammers that has ever existed. But yeah, the same kind of things repl- apply. So you got to be prepared for this kind of thing when you go second, right? And it's going to happen roughly. I'm just going to take a rough guess and say 50% of the games, right? Yeah. Just picture, gonna- just just picture the setup, right? Your opponent's gone first. They're playing Anson Durst. They've ran their entire army forward. Uh, they've got, and, and now you have, let's say, four units of Stormguard. You mean Anson Wolf? Sorry. Anson Wolf, sorry. Anson Wolf, sorry. Anson Wolf, um, uh, he's, he runs up. You now have, if you walk into the zones on your side of the table, probably, uh, you are in threat range of four units of Stormguard. And there are, let's say, four heavies as well, uh, each loaded to, the, loaded to bear with um, melee and good ranged attacks. Every time you kill one of the infantry or any of the heavies, another model moves and attacks. Uh, the, sorry, a model in the battle group moves and attacks, which can be Anson. Uh, it can also be them shooting you multiple times with mag bolters or shooting you with bot bards or shooting you with um, javelins or shooting you with a mod, uh, with, with the, the fist gun, which might... Um, oh, does that does beatback happen? No, I don't think so. Not It's only during activation. But yeah, the, or, yeah. or hitting you with their melee attacks. Um, this person, he has positive charge and he has energizer, which means that you are, he has a very high threat range on his jacks and his infantry is going to be like Matt nine power 17 with Jack Hunter. Go. Yep. What do you do? Well, yep. the, that's the setup. What do you do? Right. And this is not an uncommon question that we used to have the answer back in the day, but a lot of factions have way less tools than they used to. So these are the kind of setups for, for, by the way, to pull it back from Signar, there are, other casters and factions, especially, like, can do similar things. Like, uh, Dusk can probably do a very similar thing with Hazaroth. Also it's with, the be with the it's cats. Ty- it's, it's Tyrus with the cats. Tyrus with the cats as well, because his threat range is gigantic. But Hazaroth as well, with a combination of jacks and infantry. And also, like, out- any damage you do to me is going to turn into fucking spooky ghosts. <laughs> right? <laughs> any damage... So you're going to shoot, and I'm going to get net value from the act of you trying to shoot and clear my shield guards. Go. Yep. Right? Every game is going to incorporate this to some extent. It depends on how far across the table they reach you. Yes. Yeah, it, it is a pickle. It, it is, like, part of the reason why I was, like, why I was hesitant about, like, running this podcast was I kind of, like, wasn't quite sure how to handle this. The sumo push seemed really hard compared to what it used to. Like, the old, the old plan. 
right would be that you shave off the front line and you get in you get into zones with a couple of things and you shave off enough of the front line that the stuff that you put into the zone isn't all going to die um we can go about this in a couple of ways of how it's changed right so the first thing what you used to do back in the day is you'd throw in random models to contest stuff right while under committing and the easiest way to do that is surprise surprise you have a unit of 10 infantry 12 with a ua and standard bearer called the standard bearer all right, buddy, nice knowing you. Run into that zone. Right? Yeah. Get our glorious flag as deep into the zone as possible. Don't worry, we're all right behind you. And yep. the Santa Bear would run in and get killed, and maybe your officer would get killed. And that was kind of it. Or just one of your random dudes would volunteer as tribute, right? So that is no longer the case for most factions. Again, there are now some ca- like candidates for factions with the ability to generate free trash to contest stuff with. And you'll notice these are very strong factions, right? Yeah. So, but that is that is your first issue there. Is like, okay, so that plan is much more difficult to execute. And the second way, look. If, well, even then, like having trash doesn't really help when, like, there is at least one scenario in this game where they can score five on turn two. Yeah, but you still like trash still helps, right? It still yeah. allows it is it allows you to properly shave, and more importantly, because a lot of these uh, effects are realistically. They're strong feats backed up by scenario tempo pressure. Like, it's all tempo, right? Yeah. So you kind of need to try and burn a turn in most of the cases, and that might not be possible. But first things first, you need to, again, recognize that this is a problem and that you're going to have to deal with it in one form or the other. Especially, I'd say, for Wolf, because he's probably going to be public enemy number one. And mm. he's also it's not like you're not going to see him he is the best executor of this plan but if you have an idea for how to deal with that plan it's it's a good thing yeah um if you like while we're at it i'll bring in another way of like this kind of thing happening would actually be sabreth and sabreth can overcommit with her stuff and then just play this thing of like just whistle in the background and just casually dangle the fact she's got perdition she's not going to go I mean, quite as crazy but do that, then, yeah, yeah. then she can also be paired with kishtar who does yes. that's the same pairing again yeah exactly kishtar very more offense than defense but she compared to say athena but she does do a very similar job so yeah. first things first one of the best ways to play into this kind of crap because the the other way you can do it to resist the sumo push is armor and control feats just because being tough the, enough to survive yes so while we're at it we're on orgoth easiest way uh look horror one of his great things is that he is a fucking chunky dude with an army of super chunky dudes. You need to exploit these kind of things. This is basically, it's about robbing tempo, right? Because if you've played War Machine for long enough, and you say have, or especially if you played long enough and you played the Signal Mirror, the Haley 2 versus Haley 2 Mirror, who usually wins the Haley 2 versus Haley 2 Mirror? Feet second, is it right? The person who feats second. So. You exploit this. This is is super important. Now, obviously, no one has Haley 2's feet right now, including Haley 2, because she's currently missing in action. Yep. But if you can counter, if you can rob, especially someone with a game plan that ben- leverages their feet, someone like Durst, of a lot of their power by basically Durst. counterfeiting. Sorry, Use the one name he doesn't have. Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> Anson Broman Wolf, right? If you can rob him of his feet potential, that does a lot to shape yeah. take things down a peg and you, um, you, you, you can analyze the matchup you... and you just go like oh uh, so if somebody has an armor feat and if you both have defense feats then what nine happens 99 percent of the games is that defense one will pop defense two will pop and that's it yeah 
you both exchange hands, you, 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 you both shake hands and go, cool, turn two doesn't happen. Yes. And now let's move on to turn three through seven. Yeah. <laughs> but you, yeah. You, um, there, there, there are a few defensive people, but Haruska is one of them. He, his tyrants are very, very hard to move. His um, Tarasks are extremely good, extremely hard to remove. Um, he, um, his infantry in general can be actually quite annoying to move. Even his raiders. Like often, what you'll do is you'll just grab a unit of dickhead raiders. They can be the ones with guns and the banner and stuff like that. And they'll put you put the tough card on them, so they have tough for a turn as well. And their armor is just 18, which is just super irritating to deal with, right? A lot of the guns just, will, like, blast no longer gets them at all. A lot of the sprays aren't quite high enough to reliably kill them. And even if you kill them, congratulations, they have a four-up tough that they can do. You yeah. can stack this with other effects like Windstorm, which you probably are going to do given the uh, given the nature of the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. If we're at it, uh, obviously for Kador, the equivalent would be um, Katarina, and that's honestly one of the reasons Katarina is extremely good. Hazaroth would be the Dusk equivalent of this, even though she, he, like, Hazaroth has a very, yeah, I've got a feat, feat. It's not anything particular, but Hazaroth's turn by turn is incredible, which is why he has that kind of feat. And the <laughs> Signar answer is Wolf, which is extremely funny. Have you considered what the Wolf um, mirror looks like when they both feat? Is it again the person it's, who second? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's so bad. Oh yeah. It's not. It's 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 not as funny as um Grail. When Grail feeds, it's like where Grail's like whenever I kill one of your my opponent's models, um, one of my models is going to move three inches, and one of his models is going to move two inches and make an attack. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> starting, I'm starting to see your problem right now. Is that? <laughs> You're going to have one Stormmind go, and it's going to set off a chain of dominoes as, like, all of your jacks start going nuts and just magboldering everything. Yeah. yeah, it's, um, the, the finding that this is possible, and it's good, but it's also kind of risky. Um, it's risky on both sides as well, because, like, the, the, the Wolf Flare might just decide to go for, might just decide to go for it anyway and blitz you. Yeah. Right? You Can always I have to respect the possibility that he just picks the one model, and every time you kill him, he moves him two inches closer and closer and closer, and it might be just some trash heavy with a shield, and it's like, all right, if you don't kill this guy, I am just charging your caster. Or Wolf himself is going to keep edging forward and forward and forward <laughs> and go like, all right, with my blunt quenched and sidestep, we're doing this, boys. He's fucking Lancelot from Holy yeah. Grail. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. Get get getting the finding those tough pieces. Having an army, which having one army in your pairing, which is all about just having some tough guys. That is, uh, that it's pretty nice. Um. There's some factions just don't have this, uh, yes. or they have it and it's just not good enough. Infernals comes to mind. That Omadamos feels like he should have that, as does Zadaroth. But both of their like their ba their their buffs are so are based off such a bad foundation. That you can't go like, oh yeah, I've got plus two armor on my tormentor. It's totally gonna survive against the uh, power seventeen storm guard that are about to charge it. Yeah, it's even just with that jackhammer, it just dies. Yeah, or the, the, yeah. Grim Grimkin uh, are a little bit little bit odd in that way. That I guess it's like cage rages are getting put put in, and you can ill omens if they kill something. And yeah, like that's fine, but it's still not great. And Grimkin don't have a tempo feat. They, they don't have the ability to rob tempo from people. Yeah. Well, yeah. they sort of do, but they do it on a more relaxed kind of time scale, which is problematic in this case, because you want an immediate, like, you know, Grimkin can quite comfortably stack 
a whole bunch of arcana over multiple turns and make your life hell in multiple different ways but it's not the same as being able to go pop like say plus three armor and plus a four, three plus armor and like super tough right you you can't just do that yeah secret dominion funnily enough doesn't actually have a defensive thing in that way uh, i yeah. guess the best is like kruger who will feet and push people away yeah which is fine probably and that is another way of also dealing with scenario jam is the obvious which is other control casters yeah, slowing them down. After all, if you had Magnus, you're playing Steelheads, you have Magnus, you, that means that you, by definition, don't have to deal with this kind of crap because you can just go, all right, that's cool. I'll just save my feet for after your feet. I'm going to pop it, and then we're going to go to town. Um, so, yeah, you need to look at your factions, and you need to look at your um, casters. We, this first thing to start, first foundation is, especially for a lot of these games, start with the casters and look for ones that have good tools for it. You need and like, did you need this in your pairing. Like, it, yeah, you it, need it. You, and it's going to come in... The thing is, right, is, yes, you do need this in the pairing because it's going to come in a lot of different flavors. You are just going to have some games where you go second. Cool. And it's going to be second versus Wolf. It's going to be second versus Bradigus. It's going to be second versus some cunt who's moving too fast and get, getting ready to hit too hard. Yeah. I mean, and, he, like... It's going to be second versus Katarina, second versus fucking uh, Kishtar, or like yeah. any of the Orgoth casters, actually. All three of them are bit, like, yeah. yeah. So that is that is a starter. Second, just be, just be tough. Is, is, is that, that is a good that is a good starter uh, one. If you are looking looking into like how do I beat this in probably the the easiest way, you just trade feats or something with someone with your tough feet into their into their defensive feet. Um. It's not the only way, but it is the easiest way. Yes. And it does mean that you have to look at your pairings and evaluate it regarding this. Um, a second way, a second thing. Okay, so the casters, that's fair. Warjacks and Warbeasts. Uh, this one is a bit trickier. You need... Because now I feel... I think that the best way to contest is a lot of times actually using either throwaway cheap heavies with legacy armies, especially. Like, something Toros. that is... A really Tauros or nomads like something that is takes more effort to kill than it probably is worth and thus means that your opponent isn't just going to like it isn't like the old days where you'd kill a thrall and then cool you get your scenario point back it's like no you want to force your opponent to burn resources that they don't want to to kill your dickhead in <laughs> the random dickhead you've got up there mm. yeah again remember while everyone is packing the blessed card uh blessed only works once and you need if you have an armor buff, especially if you're a legacy caster and that armor <laughs> buff is just something you're going to have anyway, you need to have a plan for making sure that you figure out a way for your opponent to burn that blessed card. And preferably that should be on one of your throwaway useless heavies so you can put on the second one. And at that point, the anchor starts really rolling in. This scenario pressure, by the way, is going to take the form different forms depending on scenario. Uh, as it as it obviously should. Like for instance, a scenario like bunkers with the central zone, the square zones that are friendly and the two flags. A lot of the times, right, it's dealing with really your own... hard to win on bunkers in this. Exactly, way. yeah. Dealing like bunkers is kind of like if you if you want to ignore our rules we just laid out about like how to do it. Like bunkers <laughs> is probably the place to be. Like you want just an ability to get a guy into their zone, right? <laughs> That's it. You're good, right? Yeah. You want to play the opposite though. You you want to play an awful game, King of the Hill. Mm, mm. 
The only one where you can score five in one turn. God. Fucking King of the Damn, Hill was I my hate King of the Hill. Fuck, I hated King of the Hill. Well, the one game I dropped the WTC. What was the scenario? What was the scenario? What did I have troubles with? That's right, I couldn't kill some fucking demo core. One health demo core with my entire army, and I was like, well, I guess I lose then. Great. <laughs> uh, that, what, but that one demo core that took all those attacks, I guess Cardo's pretty overpowered. Yeah, I know, right? It's, uh, it's good. It's like, no one could tell me Mana Wars were this tanky shit. Not even Cardo can kill it. Yeah, I know, right? But yeah, like, things like that. Like, and to be fair, right, it's not always the case that you're going to have a situation where, oh, I'm just going to put this unkillable thing. No, it's more that the more troubles you put for your person trying to play this kind of scenario tempo, the more things can snowball because dice do start to factor in. After all, you still need to roll dice to kill, say, a nomad. And then one missed attack here, one failed yeah. break armor with a thing, so your heavy doesn't quite kill it like it should have. Right? This, is, Which means this that, is why I wonder about Hazroth's ability to do this. He has it in theory, but um, in theory he's got all of the tools. His idolins are really good. But that mat six is going to feel so fucking bad if you are actually trying to engage in this sort of play. Yeah, and your opponent, is, think about Def 12, like your Hazaroth versus, say, Signar. Yeah, that could be an issue. I mean, it also There's might also not be. Also, no much. free charges in the faction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they hit so hard. It, it, it mathematically they comes out. They hit so hard if you can get all the debuffs on the target. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're base power 20. Like, you're fine. But, yeah, but fine. there's heavies that start at base power 20. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, kind They're of. like, yeah, but, like, other people start there. 18's your highest before debuffs and buffs. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's Secret Dominion. Sorry. No, and I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, when you don't have a charge, when you're mat 6, committing an Eidolon means, like, you yeah. either play in 50-50s or worse, or you set up something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why cats are so good. Cavalry has always just been so nice and reliable. Um, yeah, because well, they hit very well. Yes, yeah, there's also a little bit of a, car, a, a a different way to this. This one I find has been harder to deploy, but this was the, like my go-to answer to this back in Mark Three and Two, was that you have you you put stuff that you don't mind that you lose in front, and then you have stuff that screens up. Not even, not even screens, like you know your your the the stuff that you put in the zone and you don't mind losing. It, it could be stuff like a fucking. Uh, a, a world guardian, right? Yeah. Stuff that stuff no, that but forces them to actually put. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was playing Signara Mark II, an arcane shielded heavy or light or something in there. Um, arcane shielded colossal at the time. Having the ability to have backline stuff that trades up really hard was the was a method. So like something something which I've been seeing and doing now. This is something that always existed, but it's um I, I I'm trying its utility again in Mark Four is like the in Secret Dominion, every backline solo that you have has a really good spray. And so chucking a couple of heavies forward to be eaten by um, Stormguard, and then those Stormguards uh, being killed by a couple of two-point solos, like that is a way you're not necessarily trading up, but you're staying in the game, and you're den- once once the feet's down, and one, once the sumo push has happened, if you haven't lost immediately... Then what you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that you don't lose next turn. Yes. And the way to do that is by trading as hard as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's where you've got those backline little things, things like cast gimps, for instance, which can be a real problem because they are they demand to be killed. 
Otherwise, they will trade up really hard. Um, backline sprays, backline attacks, casters who can do a lot of work. Um, those sorts of things which you can keep safe uh, and you can just smash the things that have come in, that's also a way to look in. So if you are not less capable or less willing to just go with the just have better armor, stupid, um, that's what you do. You just say, like, no, the, the, because your backline stuff now will be in threat range. You yes. don't have to worry about the threat range game anywhere near as much. And so if they trade in and they come in, they kill a third of your list, and you killed the third of their list that killed your third of the list with the rest of your list, now you're back at even. Yep. Because often, in order to do these plays, a lot of these uh, scenario pushes will overextend in one capacity or another. And yes, they will cover for it in various ways. Obviously, again, with Mr. Wolf, that's a very obvious thing of like, he covers for it with his feet. So even if you're killing his super exposed storm guard that are probably under deflection, he will still get some benefit out of it. What makes it so hard to do this is specifically against Wolf, but often with others, is so they can go they, their their calculus can be like they don't mind losing even 50 percent of their list if they go up three or four points over you and the a fact that you have to do you have to score some of those points you don't need to, need to necessarily go back to equal although that is ne- uh, uh, that is uh, ideal but you have to score some points if they only need to score two points to win then it doesn't matter how much of their list that you've killed yeah, because they can right. finish it off with their caster and their remaining jacks. Caster and, and some some dumb shit, and that that. So you need to make sure that you clear all uh, like you are clearing stuff to clear zones entirely to score those zones. If you fuck up and don't score the score stuff, then they're just going to win effortlessly, and you need to contest their side as well. Now this is important. You do score first as a second player, and that yeah. means that even in the face of all this Anson crap, you will have the opportunity to get the points on the board. Now, in general, I'd say with War Machine, if you want to be absolutely safe, you can let your opponent be one CP ahead of you because it's still very hard to get four CPs. I know it's possible. Again, Championship Belt exists and all that, but four CPs is kind of difficult to do. Now, if you want to be mostly safe, being down two CPs is probably it, but you need to be careful. That's, and yeah, if you're down three control points at that point, you've, you've got to, you've probably lost. So, because a lot of them, you think about most scenarios, a lot of them have one easy score that can also be quite easily denied. You think about bunkers, it's the two like friendly zones. You are very likely to score your own zone, and it's just going to happen. Yeah. And similarly, you have a giant area that you can't really cover with stuff, especially now that infantry, the way they move. Right, it's impossible. You could literally wall off your entire thing with gut, with a line of dudes somehow, and they'll still be able to run one guy in and then place the guy over the top and go like, "Aha, I'm in the zone." So- I mean, not really, because then that guy needs to be in line of sight of the um, leader. Ah, uh, kill one guy then. Okay, we'll do that then. Yeah, yeah. Really, it, have to be in you, line of sight. You know, the ah, guy being got around has it. to be in line of sight. Yeah, if you're a bigger base size, then it's fine. Yeah, done. Checkmate, atheists. Yeah, <laughs> cavalry turns out really good at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, things like that, that's that has to factor in. Um, but yeah, so that there's usually one friendly point. There's usually one point that's moderately difficult to do, uh, but it might be easy because your army's there. For instance, again, going to the bunkers example, it's going to be one of the flags because a good chunk of the list is going to be there. And you probably have a scenario, a solo in the wings, like, I don't know, 
a Storm Legion officer, a random Winner Corps officer, or a, a, a white. Like, you're going to have a solo you've put, a backline support solo you specifically put there whose job is going to be to run onto that flag once you've cleared it down. And I cannot emphasize but enough this, how much it can't be your caster. Uh, yes. Because your caster, that guy will then die. No, oh, yes, exactly. Um, but that's the thing. This is why getting the three points is a bit difficult because all of a sudden that caster restriction does not apply because, look, if you're going to win the game, then having your caster score the touchdown by, again, going to bunkers, getting the other flag by running your, legging your caster over there, fucking go for it. Yeah. So this is why this is the kind of setup. You'd notice then, if we again go into bunkers, in order to score four points, you would have to score your own zone, contest your opponent's zone, score both flags, and kill the objective. That's a lot. Even for this, a scenario jammer, that is quite a lot. Having scenario, some good long-range guns to kill your opponent's objective on that thing is very, very nice, although it will not work a lot of the time because, like, Harusk's feet will work on it, for instance, yeah. or Athena's or, feet will work or on it. Or Windstorm will work on it, or, like... Katarina's feet will work on it. Yeah. So different scenarios will demand different approaches. For instance, none of this really applies if you think it's sort of applies on spread the net, but also not. Like spread the net would have like one easy score, one moderately easy score, the easy score, your zone sometimes, or your flag, and then vice versa, because sometimes it's really hard to actually to clear your own zone. Because often they'll like park a heavy in the fucking like tow it in or better yet like some cheap really annoying light like back in the day we used to do it with things like say talions sorry talons uh especially with like um fucking Kachev 2 archons as well some other thing you can probably get one of those like a siege tarisk or whatever they're called or a bison there you could get a walled white right something yeah. just irritating and hopefully preferably with a rule that stops it like even if it actually doesn't have a rule that stops it being moved by slams or whatever it's still probably going to be demand like a focus expenditure still a chance to miss and then all more uncertain variables i will say that most scenario sumo lists like this are not loading up on slams and pushes no no they are not not usually they, no, not usually right now um, have, i think hazaroth is about the worst one you got uh no, yeah. guns momentum guns yeah but even then that doesn't work on large bases and yeah it's not great yeah yeah um they can slam from a long way away they can yeah if you are forcing your opponent to you to 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 slam you're probably doing okay unless it's losing in the game in which case don't let them do that make sure so yeah just to recap make sure ideally your opponent only on if they're jamming you whatever your play is make sure they're only up at the end of all of this one control point yeah. Two, if you want to push it and you have a good defensive feed. If you really it, like to live dangerously, you can live two points down. But yes. I don't I don't like it. No, I don't, I don't like bit. it either. Like that that's the point where they have to do assassination runs, except they're not assassinating your caster, they're more like assassinating your objective. And well yeah, essentially of, it gives your opponent yeah. two different methods to pull off a win. Yeah. Straight away. Rather not than great, one. Not great. <laughs> Yeah, one point down means that, that that it is functionally impossible most of the time, uh, but they can always go for an assassination. Uh, and then giving them, doubling the, the, their chances to win is not good. Yes. Um, another thing which I think that we can pr- bring in, this one is completely ephemeral, but abusing terrain and the board as much as possible um, you need to recognize when you're in this position straight away. It's not just going second. You have to look at your opponent's list um, and you need to recognize like what they're going to be doing to you um, because you need to assess where your strong points are 
Um, and things like if you can, uh, because going second, your other advantage is that you pick the table side. Yes. And if you can, if your table side includes like a zone which has a forest through it, but a tiny sliver of the other side of the forest is on your side, golden, beautiful. Yes. Bellissimo. If you can find places to put your um, to 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 put your people where they are going to be really, really, really hard to push off, and they have to massively overextend to actually do it, never assume it's impossible. Mm-hmm. That one is something that 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 comes to bite. I find sometimes. Sometimes you set up something and you and you're you're like, oh, that place is safe. It's not safe. They just might have to put a lot of effort into it. And they will do it if they think it'll win. Yep. Um, in a game I played against Wolf recently. No, sorry, against um, Harusk. Um, I had a World Warden sitting in a zone, in in one of the zones. He had Earth's Blessing up. Uh, he was untouched, and um, there was a forest and, uh, completely surrounding him except for the tiny sliver that he was standing in. It was about the most perfect setup that I could have. Um, and Harusk... Moved a siege to ra- charged a siege to ask something else. Used one of its initials and then did the rest of the attacks on the world warden. And then three orc or axes um, walked through and just um, chain attacked to do three power seventeens into me and killed it. Like he had to get a little lucky to do it. But I mean, I was down a world warden. It was his feet was up. I couldn't really do anything about the stuff that killed me. And um, yeah, that meant that entire zone disappeared, even though I had the ideal position. And I didn't have anything positioned nearby to try to punish him. Because I kind of got overconfident and assumed that that side was just fine because of that the positioning of that world warden. Yep. Yeah, having those little things, the ch- terrain, which is like four to five, if you have any of those generation things like cask imps, if you've got a piece of terrain nearby um, or a corner, the things that the, um, the sumo pushers almost always abuse a big concave through the center of the field, right? Because it's almost always powered by the... Um, uh, the control area of the caster because um, yep. it's some feet, which means that your back two corners are actually quite safe most of the time. And the abusing those things, having stuff sitting as safe as possible in the corners so that they can run in and contest, that's very important to have. A very good thing having like a um, uh, a what the hell's the casket? The thing that makes caskets? A uh, madcap. Yeah, having a madcap sitting behind a piece of terrain just. F- manufacturing cast gimps um to 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 push them into the zone turn after turn after turn that is just an invaluable thing um, tool to have in the toolbox because that's nice and cheap and in the corner and it's going to stall your opponent out and every little advantage for as cheap as possible is going to win you this game yes this we should get into by the way is that we're really just trying to give general advice here but you gotta understand that a lot of these matchups are extremely bespoke um, both on what you're playing and what your opponent's playing and what their shtick is. For instance, with Anson, his feat does not work on RFP, and it works on, I believe, just attacks. I'm going to double-check that real quick before I say this. Yes, right, it has to be... Yep, what's up? It's not RFP. It's RFP Unboxed. that occurs before destroyed. Sorry, you're right. If it, it, has, if it, if if it, it boxes, then destroys, then it still triggers before it RFPs. Yeah, good point. It is a, it is a lot better than like if, if it would be really nice if if RFP stopped it, but yeah, it, it, yeah. it's like that. So again, like while we're going on Grimkin, a faction that does in fact exist on like what the internet 
Oh, some <laughs> people need to thought. Um, like for instance, that's why car skips are actually super invaluable in this matchup, and why honestly Anson probably won't play into it is because it's such a big deal. Like car skips exploding is not an attack. There are certain things in the game that are still not attacks, right? Yeah. Electro leap, not an attack. I know it doesn't really work, but electro leap like effects that aren't lightning type definitely don't <laughs> definitely apply here. You know, a faction um, who doesn't give much of a shit about Hanson, trolls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snacking 100% just gets um, you know, every nom, single nom, thing nom, that he does. <laughs> and so as long as you don't lose your entire army, like you, know, you can just bring a bunch of beasts and feel perfectly fine about your life because you just yes. uh, ignore his feet entirely with him. Yeah, that's fair. Om nom 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 Not sure if there are many others who have mass um, mass boxed RFP anymore. Trolls is one, but it's a lot less common. Um, think of. Does Grimkin, they have some like corpse collecting which I might feel like RFP. Grim, I feel, sorry I, I feel like infernals are never not going to see athena yeah. well the, the infernals they're heavy snack yeah but you're yeah the, the, that's just uh, the, if you were in that matchup you're probably going to feel pretty good um because you can ignore his feet with your heavies it's just that i just don't think that you're ever going to see wolf i think you're going to see athena forever yeah well that's fair uh by the way i don't think uh grimkin works because they don't really rfp anymore it's just, they have a lot of RFP on destroyed. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's fine. Like it's okay. Dreamer makes three different, like makes, like you know, tiny mouse and does yes. other shit like Dream, that. Dreamer's RFP still works, and um, uh, the 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 method that I I never played the matchup, but the method that I think that it goes if you're using Dreamer or Old Witch is that you are planning on losing two heavies to. Uh, Anson coming in, and you just need to hold that line, and then you need to trade up massively with your Rattlers. Mm-hmm. Which you can do. Which you can 100% do. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, again, another reason why these are bespoke, and they're going to vary on how they go. Like, again, Horus' sumo push is very different from Anson's. For instance, none of this shit matters for Horus. It's just like, I have beefy stats, and I have models that may have, like, no knockdown, super tough. Yeah. What do you do? Horus' uh, turn like, does not do the damage that Anson Wolf does. Yeah. While we're at it, I'll add another one, which is going to be, like, um, what was it? Ekaterina running about six heavies at you, and yeah. then control feeding on top of you and saying, like, look, I know Haley is gone, but really, Haley isn't actually gone. <laughs> You're at minus all of these things. I have six heavies, and I have an entire army. Try and deal with me. And that is going to be very problematic, because you might not be able to contest her, her zones at all, because she's feet on top of you. Again, all of these matchups demand a bit of... Um, planning. Planning. It might also, for a tournament especially, you need to consider a couple of these. You don't have to answer every single one of them. I mean, it's a tournament. You're not always going to see it. You know, you may know what the good players are playing, but that's always dangerous, and you can always have someone just go... You always have one or two of those players who will, ah, Chuck, he's going to play X, and he shows up with an army he just bought because he liked the look of it, and he's like, <laughs> oh, I've got Brine Blood Trolls now because I fucking love Starfish Man, and you're like, shit. <laughs> yep. I was prepared for Anson Wolf, and I've been kicked in the ass by this man, by Anson Wolf, and I'm getting shot in the face by Captain Firequills starfish and, well, it's like, and um, it's, still it's, and turbo it's it, I, I remember reading ages ago and i'm sure i'm sure that you, you'd be able to ver- verify how true this is that um uh, uh professional poker players hate it when there's an amateur on the table because you can't predict them at all they don't uh, play the game it can be yeah it's like 
if you're playing in that capacity, you have to you have to take time and watch how they play to evaluate it because they're going to evaluate things differently than quote the meta. Yeah. And similar thing actually always has applied with WTCs and everything. It's like how we in Australia evaluate the meta and how we on this incredibly factual, hundred percent accurate podcast evaluate things is not for whatever reason how everyone evaluates it yeah uh, that's yeah. the thing i keep on saying like the the athena list that we keep on talking about is from brad and brad just plays only heavies oh, sorry only only jacks right he doesn't bother bringing anything else and every time i've been talking to anyone online about athena they're like yeah she, her feet's got a like she, it, it works well in their infantry stuff i'm like why are they taking them just bring more jacks. You don't have to bring any of the infantry that you can kill. They, you can you can seal off all of those weaknesses by only bringing heavies and the support and the bare support they need. And who's right? I don't know. Not sure. That's the thing is that you're both right. You could, but they could both be right. They could both be wrong. Unlikely. They're both playing Athena. They've already mm. kicked the right choice of not peaking. Uh, what's the face <laughs> calendar? Madison. But but that's the thing is like for whatever matchups they're playing into, that choice their choice might be correct. Yeah. Certainly, I can't see any problem with running Athena with at least a little bit of infantry, still mostly jack heavy, and you'd be fine there. Yeah, you've got to think about this. Now, one other thing I'll get into is a lot of the stuff we just talked about actually applies to is from our own War Machine experience throughout the years. There are a couple of things to consider because of the Mark IV changes. So none, it has been sort of like written in now, but it is basically confirmed a thing if you do not have breakthrough i.e. you don't have it unstoppable you cannot run while engaged so you must walk whether it's infantry or so on you must walk so this means that it's actually to the benefit of the turbo jammer someone like um hansen hitch if he's engaging your guys with his guys your How guys are can't... three people called hansen here's the third one you said hitch oh Dirt oh, this is Anson. And Wolf. Oh the my most God, common I've... name in fucking uh, in Imarin is Anson, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> of all things. I forgot about it. Yeah, that's right. Anson. Shit. That's not even saying. Oh my God. There is three Ansons. That's ridiculous. I can't even remember what Anson Hitch even did. He's the guy who looks like a general. Literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy who tells you trenches to stab, stab people really fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. That guy. He's like, please uh, don't shoot the gun. Just. Run at them. Yeah. He's a K- He's actually K- a Kadoran spy. Yeah. He copied, he read Rust's book and like, you know what? Hitting people really hard is actually pretty fun. You know, this is a good strategy. We're going to copy it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, again, you got to understand when you're getting jammed by say Anson or so, you cannot run. But the same does apply in reverse. If you have fast models that can jam, you actually force your opponent to clear them. Advanced deployment infantry, for instance, right? If you run, and especially if they've got reposition or some other mechanism, they will block your opponent's heavies and units unless you, unless they're playing the com- the card to use breakthrough, uh, <laughs> which they, they probably might groaningly do. You will force your opponent to clear them, which does create problems. And again, a lot of the time when you're playing into these kind of scenario pushes, you don't want to throw wrenches in the works. And this is one of the good ones to do so. So, yeah, with the way the Mark IV does, especially, like, if you've got a unit of cats, for instance, let's just go with Hazaroth, and you're playing into some Anson or some shit, right? You can use these cats as basically, like, turbo jammers of some description or another. Now, this is going to be an expensive play because it will cost, cost your entire units as opposed to what usually used to happen. So you've got to 
be sort of set up for it, but it is very effective. It's Even probably, better, it's probably what those medium cheap medium based units are best at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like your pikemen, your slayers—they're really good at just being in the way and not being, uh, not being easy to kill and not being not crippling your list if you lose them. Exactly. Yeah. Like um, the tempest of sailor guys are definitely the ones I'd say there. Also, similarly, cheap lights, cheap effective lights—they're really good for that role as well. So yeah. <laughs> You, you because you get such a value add because normally what used to happen is that like imagine back in the day Osram and yes he still exists like you'd try and jam up Osram to stop him from getting a monster feat turn because he's definitely one of those guys who'd do that previously if you just jammed in he'd like go okay either bulldoze you out of the way or more likely he'd just ignore you and still be able to run like he'd run a driller cop a free strike or two and run a armor 22 driller right in your shit now he actually can't so he kind of has to actually deal with your crap and it's surprising how annoying that can get plus also sometimes free strikes is less important than the fact that you are shutting down attacks especially on things like heavies so oh yeah, yeah you like, freaking mark again. three being mark three being having a shepherd run to engage compared to mark four having a shepherd run to engage is an Massive. entirely different beast exactly it means that a lot of your random trash stuff like just pulling up signal real quick uh old signal like rangers rangers if you get jammed by a heavy jam by a ranger you have to kill this defense 14 fuckwit <laughs> somehow because otherwise your heavy is either forced to trample or does nothing and i'm not going to go into this real quick but this is one problem with durst but it also can be something you have to consider a flock sorry fucking we've called him anson wolf add a um a counter for every time one of us calls him durst or hitch yeah anyway for wolf you do have to be mindful of clock this is actually a problem a lot of uh, these scenario lists do. And the more time you can think about it off the table, the more you'll gain back on the table. Because, frankly, solving this the first time you see it is going to be a freaking nightmare. Solving it after you've put your mind to it, thought through it a bit, gone through the rounds, played a couple of games, and seen what works, much easier. And, in fact, you can flip it on your opponent. Because a lot of the times, to take these kind of turns, some lists can do it quickly, other lists do not. Like, every time you're killing one of Anson's models, you flick the clock to them. They are losing yeah. clock time, trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. And you can force them in a big bind. It's like the old Haley 2 problem when you flick the clock to Haley 2 and told her, tell me which model to activate next. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be surprised. Like, some lists, it was just like, I'm just going to make you activate in the wrong order. I've already set this. Others, if you were had a list that was, like, able to do it like was dangerous still you often put them in really weird binds where they're like i don't know which way to activate your models and then they'd lose clock even though they're doing all of the like all of the oppression yeah you got brain people like harask are the ones who ignore this by going like yeah okay yeah but then you can hit them with the other one just like oh, fuck how do i get rid of this guy do i really cast thunderstrike at a target in melee <laughs> <laughs> anyway I think we've been running long, and we've certainly rambled enough about Anson, Wolf, Hitch, Durst, Man. I'm sure we'll find another Anson at some point later, or maybe they'll just make another Anson, because yeah, apparently... We need more We need more Ansons. More Ansons is eternally the thing. The, 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 the parents, the parents in um, uh, Imran, they just flip open the book to the, 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 the child name book to the first page... And has Anson, because it's Anson, because of A. And I was like, no one else would pick the first page, right? <laughs> no, that'd be crazy. 
So finally, we have defenses. And I think this is one thing that defenses kind of got a bad rap when they came out. And honestly, I they not, did change a bit. They did change a bit. Um, but the basically terrain that you can bring yourself. And remember what Arian said earlier. One of the things that's actually really good is to choose the board edge. Now, first things first. With defenses, they do cost a command card, but they don't cost any points. Uh, defenses are basically terrain you can bring. Uh, the only way to get rid of them is either with another command card or by running it over with a large uh, base. There is extra a third large. way. Oh, huge. What's the third way? Uh, the powder keg defense specifically gets rid of other defenses oh the power you just throw powder kegs of things yeah. excellent all right well there you go three to ways to get rid so, of so th that's like uh, we can give us some none of us have used defenses we can give some quick hits on our opinions on it um i've thought about them for a little bit because i've been thinking about this problem for a while and um so far i think the defenses are really interesting and i think they will help solve this problem if you're big brained enough to plan the table um, but it does mean that even if you don't have the perfect terrain or if you do have some good terrain, then you can abuse it a little further by having more uh, things to get in the way in between your opponent and you. So straight away, um, the attacker gets two defenses, the defender gets three. Um, you get to play them on your side of the table and they can't place, be placed within three inches of an objective, an obstruction, an obstacle, or another defense. So not near buildings, not near obstructions, not near walls and not near other defenses, and you alternate placement. So there's a couple of ways of thinking about this. Um, there, there, There is a, a bit of a reductive way you can think about it in that if the attacker knows what they're doing, they might just go fire pit, fire pit, and bring the sappers card, and they just get rid of all of your defenses with their own. You mean the powder keg? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, powder keg, powder keg. The thing is that the powder keg does need a uh, a it's a special action from something with the throw power attack rule, um, which is not as common as it used to be. So mm -hmm. at least you're occupying some pe people's um, uh, jacks usually with just some defenses that you brought. You're trading a command card for a jack activation. That's pretty good. So first up, barriers. Barriers is going to be the easiest one. Anyone who's thinking who, who's thinking of defenses and doesn't want to think too hard, you can just bring three barriers. Barriers are walls, but they're actually better than walls. Um, because they do everything that a wall does, uh, except that if your opponent, even if they have Pathfinder, if uh, sorry, if anyone tries to go over a barrier, you lose two speed. Well, unless they got Pathfinder. Uh, sorry, yes. yeah, sorry, without Flight or Pathfinder, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, they're walls. They're walls. Um, they're really good to have. You can put a wall now in a very good place. Um, uh, people like the Wanderer, who always were hoping for good terrain, is now going to have a wall wherever he wants. Yeah, this um, is one way to think about defenses, actually, is that they're kind of like the old theme bonuses where you got walls, except now, congratulations, you get to pick which ones you want. By the way, a lot of them are actually obstacles. Obstacles give cover. No, no, so, obstacles don't grant cover. They uh, have to specifically, but they do block movement. Yes. Um, the, the barriers specifically say they grant cover. Like fire pits, for instance, are an obstacle, but they don't provide cover. Yeah, there you go. But do obstacles... Um provide negative two for attacking or is that wall specifically no that, obstacles that obstacles also yeah so you can have like units behind them that sort of thing so yes your guy is going to come in um, minus if you, two to attack if you're yeah. massively big brained and your opponent is mainly using like jacks right so anson is running um is running a combination of stuff so it's a little harder versus him but if your opponent's like hazaroth and they're running mostly jacks or if they're ekaterina or something like that it might actually be better for you to have a heavy in the zone with a wall like two or three inches in front of them yes 
which means yes. that they can't even come into contact with you. Yeah. Then for all of a sudden your your barriers are doing massive work, right? Yeah. Now they're, they're now they're keeping you in the game. You so, can do wacky shit like put them sideways as well, and put yeah. them like do other things to limit space. Like yeah, there are a couple ways to do it. Either the easy way, which is put your guy right next to the barrier and enjoy the defense, or Use it the geometry 3D 4D chess brain way of trying to use it to block landing zones. Either way works, and it is one of the big things you get as a defender is you get these barrier these defenses. You, so, get, you only get you get three of them as opposed to your opponents two. And three's um, a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Five pits. Um, the thing I wish I knew the geometry of these because I think five pits might actually be able to cover more geometry because they're a circle rather than a line. Um, so they might actually cover more things, but um, they've also got rules of removing stealth and c- causing continuous fire, which I think are mostly much for muchness. Um, getting rid of stealth on your own stuff kind of sucks sometimes. But if you put them in a, into an op- opportune place, for instance, then it means that Hazaroth's um, Dark Shroud, for instance, sorry, his, uh, what's the name of the spell? Uh, Shadow Mancer, but yeah. Shadow Mancer. Yeah. yeah, the, the Shadow does Mancer does a lot less because because if your back, your back line doesn't have to contend with the stealth if you've got a fire pit up front. Exactly. And the continuous fire, if, the continuous fire is the only one which actually still has the full unit get set on fire. Also, no. good versus Anson. No, spike traps don't do it anymore. Oh, really? Oh, they yeah. got rid of that. No, uh, but it still works fine. Well, I'll talk to it when I get to it. But yeah, the, the the fire hazard I think is pretty good at setting whole units on fire. So if you're planning on trading, uh, if you're planning on playing a game where you're like you're letting your opponent come in and then you're just trying to annihilate everything as efficiently as possible. Um, having a couple of fire pits hanging around so you just go like that whole unit's on fire most of it's probably going to die I'm okay with letting a couple of them survive uh, if I can do this incidentally this is the Bradicus answer to Anson um, is to move your world whites up and set all of his infantry on fire and don't attack them (laughs) you're just on fire unexplained fires are a matter for the courts yeah Um, Uh, powder cake powder cake's fascinating um, I just want to go through all of them quickly. We can no, give some overall thoughts. Uh, powder Cake, I think, is probably going to be the hardest one to use, um, but also has some really high potential um, potential there. Also an obstacle, so it can't be crossed. Again, a nice thing to have. It can be killed, but it's also it requires a crit, so it's a yet another thing of you might be taking your opponent's boosted attacks to even just have a chance of exploding the Powder Cake, and it might not work. Good. If you are using a command card's a part of part of the command card to take a boosted attack then you're up that's great you can uh throw the powder kegs and the powder kegs are very good at um uh being a lot scarier in potentia than they are on the table because a two inch radius power 15 blast damage roll will um um, will do a lot of damage and that is between uh three and eight inches away so there's a big sort of circle where you can go like, if you go here, might die. You might die. It doesn't have to be a potential. Your opponent has to respect that to some extent. Yes. And, and while we're on the Anson, Anson Wolf thing, it is not an attack. It is just an unexplained explosion. You know, yeah. he stood next to an exploding barrel that my heavy threw at him. <laughs> what, who would have seen this coming? For, le- for legal purposes, the ocean killed him, not us. Yes. <laughs> um, and... The, and, and if you are not a fan of any of these defenses, Malaki, then yeah, you can use them for demolition. That's a 10-inch area around the powder keg, so it's a huge area to remove a um, to remove enemy defenses. So you can just go like, um, oh, my opponent placed a wall, I'm going to place a powder keg within 10. Oh, they placed nothing, I'm going to place a powder keg within 10. 
Yeah. And I'm also going to have the Sappers card. So if you are willing to take up two activations to do throws and the Sappers command card, you can nullify all of your opponent's defenses. But that's a lot of effort. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's better for the defender in this situation than the attacker. Yes. And the Spike Trap. Spike Trap is going to be a pain. This one is not cover. So, sorry, it's not an obstacle, so it doesn't provide anything. It doesn't block anything. It is rough terrain, but it is quite small. And the rough, the way rough terrain works, this rough terrain immediately moves removes two inches of movement. You can, again, do some big brain positioning to mean that the lead unit or, like, the, the heavy that's going to charge you will touch it just outside of their threat range of you and then instantly lose two inches of movement. If It probably is not going to work out that well because you have to pre-plan all of this. But the big thing is about it is the spike has it doesn't actually hit the whole unit, but because it kills the lead lead model in a unit, it's actually fine. Yeah. Because that model will probably die. That means that the way the the rule works is they have to nominate another model, and that model can only make a normal move, not a charge, not a run, or anything. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it's not as bad as Warcaster, where if the model at the front dies, then that's it. Too bad. Don't get your model killed. Um, this one, yeah, they still get to move the unit. But it is, it is it is pretty much as bad as the unit gets, does not get to do what it wants to do. Yeah, the um, way I would say this is spike traps are probably what you want to do with them is you want to extend other terrain pieces. Is there some really yeah. annoying forest, right? Cool. Spike traps on, like, use your spike traps, like, take two of them in the barriers, right? You'd put the spike traps to make the forest bigger and more annoying, and you put them in such ways that there is no easy way to go through it so either they're going through the forest and they're blocking line of sight even if they have pathfinder that's going to be irritating or they'd have to go through the spikes right but that is quickly check what is an obstacle so i i just the forest an obstacle the forest is not an obstacle so obstacles by the way you can go through them but you have to cross them uh they don't natively reduce your movement or anything unless it specifies like for instance walls like barriers do but if you cannot physically cross the obstacle, too bad. You you can't place it. It's like yeah. one of yeah. And that again is more difficult to set up and probably less practical, but it is something to consider. You can block landing zones and you can force your opponent to commit more resources to clearing the landing zone with their guns that they might want to be shooting other more important things using these sorry i was just checking to see how like because there's a big list of stuff that you can't put a defense within three inches of as far as so not one of them no absolutely not you can have spiky forests that are on fire which have barriers <laughs> in them like you can do that you can yeah. put a powder keg in the forest right so that you're just well, like you don't need a sea to throw because, the yeah because keg. of the throw you can actually just put it behind the forest and uh, that's a exactly, problem for yeah. your opponent yeah, absolutely. And your opponent is just like, oh, I can't see you, but I can chuck this bomb this general direction, which I know you're going <laughs> loudly saying, well, I'm not attacking anyone, but I am going to throw this here interesting barrel in that direction. Exactly. Yeah. So these are good ones to consider. I think these in- are a big boon for the sort of play. It's not the end of the and I, this is why I've, I've been coming around on liking them because they're actually they're still such a tiny piece. Like each, these things are actually really small. But if you are big brained enough to see why this matchup is going to go, you can turn it on its head using defenses. And I really Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I think it's a really nice. To, it's it's yet an, yet another one of those things where it's like it is a skill. It is a thing which which um, uh, scales with skill. Yes. I think the thing that's made me come around on defenses is that they give you advantages for going second, which I think a healthy game of War Machine needs. Because you don't want to just go like, all right, we're going to play some 40k again. And by that, you, me, Arian, we're going to roll. And whoever rolls and wins the roll off to go first, 
the opponent loses half their army, or three quarters, <laughs> or the entire army. Hey, 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 10th and edition's coming out. I'm sure they're going to fix that. I'm Just sure. 10th edition. It, it, 10th edition, where, by the time you go through 10 editions, they're surely going to fix these problems, right? 100%. Fool me once. Shame on you. For me, Fool ten me times. ten shame times. On shame on me. But yeah, so those are my, like, those are things. Like, terrain, realistically, like, if you played on a football field, the fences probably don't mean much. Oh, you shit. take three barriers and that's it. Once you start considering the table and you start manipulating things that way, that's when things get spicy. And then, again, yeah, you could have rubble that you make bigger because you've got spikes now next to them. Again, their defenses, you have to also make sure that you don't get fucked by your own defenses because that would just be embarrassing. Oh, they all work on you. There's no, fr- as far as I can tell, there's no friendly defense. If your opponent is hiding and behind the, your barriers, suck shit. Yeah, and the, sa- and the sappers rule 100% uh, can remove your own barriers, which you will probably need to do. You might. If you want to charge from behind them. Yes. Yeah, I think that, I think that is technically a podcast, uh, Dark Guidance. Um, I, it, it's... We cannot emphasize how hard it is to do this. We are talking big brain strategy here, but it's still really, it, it is a rough position. And it is like, this is just the nature of the beast. Your opponent is going to find the most direct, simple path. And their most direct, simple path is I'm going to take something. I'm going to win the girl to go first and I'm going to push forward. And if they walk into me, they die. Right. That is like every general in history dreams of this position <laughs> of being the person who is defending uh, in World War One. That is that that is the position that everyone wants to be in. And it is hard to turn it onto its head. Um, so if you're finding that you're getting you're losing to sumo pushes a lot, don't worry. It's fine. It happens. Uh, if if you're getting demoralized, that sucks. That, that that does happen sometimes. Ask your opponent to play something else so you can play some games of War Machine rather than uh, super big brain War Machine. But yeah, sparkle in some. Just try, try out something different. Try out just playing a tankier list. Try um, abusing your back corners. Try bringing defenses. Um, and always be willing to abuse terrain as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. And also, at that point, you'd start looking at setting up your list differently, looking at things, you know, changing things up. I think, first of all, the World War One example is bad because, fuck, yeah, you definitely want to be on the defense in World War One. Like, imagine being the sumo pusher into machine guns, World War One style <laughs> machine guns. And by the way, you don't have tanks or anything tanky. You have, you know, victim stats infantry that you're running into this, right? Unfortunately, this is not World War One. That is not how it works. And you have to think about very carefully about it. But it's an interesting challenge. It's one that's existed, frankly, as long as Scenario has. Yeah. And... It's just changed a fair bit due to the mark for complexities, but it's not actually reinventing the wheel, so to speak. There are some differences, but a lot of the stuff that used to work still works. You've just got to think about it. That's really the most important thing is that if someone does this kind of thing to you, it probably does demand a response. And if someone is trying to like big brain try hard their way, however they do it, right? Don't feel bad about tailoring a list for them. In fact, honestly, it will probably give you an idea of that because if one of your locals is willing to do that, you better believe that someone who decided (laughs) to pay money to fly or drive 50 hours or however much it takes to get to a convention in America is willing to do that as well. Yeah. Um, Start out by tailoring your list as hard as possible. It's a joke game, whatever. You you, you have your night and if you've tailored your list and you you play it fine, then Great, you'll smash them, and then they'll have to um, accommodate for what you have done. Yes, and that's a meta. That's how meta works. Somebody that creates fact, somebody creates after, a force. You create after a you've done, force. After you've done doing all this crap to Anson, and he shows up next week with a completely different list, and you're like, oh, uh, mm. 
that's a meta. <laughs> that's what that's what metas are, and um, we love to see it. We love to see a meta. You do love to see it. All right, I think that's enough for our cast. Thank you very much, very much. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Any, any last words, Brian? No, that's all. I think you covered it. Sorry, I should say final words. Last words is a little bit odd. You are sick, but I don't think you're that bad. <gasps> first time. I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> Brian go first time. <laughs> and welcome to the end, the end of Dark Guidance, the, the the third Mark IV episodes. We are unfortunately voting Brian off the island. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. I've been here as long as this podcast has existed. Brian has been here since Dark Eye had started. Brian will be here when, like, you know, the fires burn out in our sun. All the way at back Dark in Mark too. Brian's <laughs> sitting on the moon, uh, uh, unwilling to deal with the petty affairs of men. Still here. That's boys. what happens when you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See y'all. Thank you very much Good for night. listening. Good night.